This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. We're so grateful that you've tuned in. Just know that we prayed for you. We've prayed that something we say today would cause you to dig deeper into your faith and connecting not only with the ministries we bring up today, but also connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5. And we're so grateful that you're tuning in. Martha, how can people get connected with us? Well, you know, Jim, if people go to our website, which is IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com. One of the great things we have is if you're wondering where you can listen to the show at any point in time, there's a button right on the front for listening live. And if they go to that, they can see where we're playing in the country right at that moment. Um, they can also go to our podcast and find past shows. They can even search on them. So maybe they remember a certain guest that we had and they can't remember when it was. They can search on that person's name or their ministry name and find the podcast to listen to if they don't want to download them all to iTunes or Google Play Music. All right. And also, make sure when you're out there online, make sure you also check out our iWorkFrame listener line. We'd love to hear from you. 866-713-9675. 866-713-9675. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, here's how iWorkFrame is making an impact in your life. Words of affirmation are our number one <laughs> love language. So it's great to hear from you, our listeners. And maybe if you've got a suggestion on an upcoming guest, love to hear that as well. That's right. And as you're listening all across Florida and around the world, just know we appreciate you. I think that's just really important for you to know. We are so grateful, and we get to hear stories. Today we heard from somebody from Kansas who's listening to the show, and it's just great to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. This show is brought to you through a kingdom collaboration between the World Changer Network and I Work For Him Radio. We like to call this collaboration the I Work For Him World Changer Radio Network. James and Anna Kramer, the founders of World Changer Network, They're online, of course, at worldchangernetwork.com. James and Anna feel led by God to introduce the world to the only one capable of bringing real change, Jesus Christ. James and Anna have arranged for us to interview some amazing people in the past, and today is no different. Today we'll be interviewing James Autry. He's the founder of the Marketplace Coalition and Serving Our Neighbors. James Autry is also the great-grandson of Gene Autry. He can <laughs> sing, he can dance. He'll be doing all of that while we're on the radio today. Right. Did and you find a, that in his bio I did somewhere? find that in his bio. It was in awesome. the very, very fine he's print. Fine print. He, he's my uncle. He's not my grandpa. It was your uncle? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was your... You know, okay, wait a minute. James Autry, welcome to I Work For Him. <laughs> 
Well, I, I was uh, attending a conference up in Virginia Beach and actually got to be a guest on the 700 Club when I was in college. And Pen, Ben Kinslow pulled my name out of a hat and said, James Autry, are you related to Gene? I said, absolutely. He's my uncle. Well, not the Gene Autry. My uncle's in Georgia. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay. So I stuck Ben Kinslow from the 700 Club. It was That's wild. That the, is and good. then they kicked you out of the building. Exactly. No, yeah. I won the door prize. You won the door prize. I did. Right. So, what do you do with an extra door, though? I don't ever get that. When people give away doors, I'm like, it what was do you a, do with a door? It was a counselor's module. For, a dumb yeah. ching. Okay. All right, James Autry. <laughs> Seriously, thanks for being on I Work Friend this afternoon. We're Glad so to grateful to the World Changer Network for con- getting us connected. Yes. But we got lots of kingdom connections. You're connected also to Identity and Destiny. You're connected to the Nehemiah Project. Yes. We got connections all over the world. We love that. <laughs> Before we get into all of that and what God's doing with you right here in Portland and uh, with, through the ministry of Serving Our Neighbors and Marketplace Coalition, tell us first, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Goodness, I was raised in a Christian home, uh, but I did not have a personal relationship with the Lord. And my dad had, was a Christian business guy, and basically I had come down with a fever, and he felt led to pray because everybody else had been sick, and now I was getting sick. And so he looked up in the scripture where Jesus had rebuked the fever of Peter's mother-in-law. And so he prayed for me. And I think I was about 13, I think it was. And, you know, I was kind of groggy, and so I prayed the sinner's prayer, and I got healed. Well, two years after that, everything went crazy. And I was just struggling. I was suicidal. I, was, I knew if I died, I'd go to hell. My grandfather had given all of his grandkids money for college. And I'm thinking, well, I got to write this, my will out as to where I'm going to leave this money. And I was just pitiful. And God was stirring in my heart. And I didn't know it because every Sunday I'd go to church, First Baptist Church of Camilla. And I knew I needed to make a commitment, but I wasn't ready. And in that environment, finally, one night, I was by myself at home. My brother was with a friend. And my mom and dad were out with some friends, and I wrote out my will, and I said, I'm tired of this. I just want to make a decision. The next Sunday morning, I walked down that aisle. My, uh, friends, uh, my mom's friend came up to me and said, James is going to make a decision. She, the Lord had told her that. Uh, my hmm. youth pastor had been praying for me. I didn't know all these people were praying for me, but they knew I was really struggling. And I made a commitment. And that day, my brother got saved. Three or four other kids got saved. when we had revival wow. in the First Baptist Church of Camilla, Georgia in 1979. And it was just, I could not get enough of the Bible. I just read it all the time. And I went from a BC student, straight A's, graduated out of Victorian of my class, started singing with a group called Continental Singers. So I do oh, sing a little yes. bit. Oh, yes. heard of the Continental Singers. Yes. Yep, 1982, went to Europe, to mm-hmm. Sweden, uh, Germany, uh, you know, Denmark. Had a great time touring around the country with other kids that loved God more than I did. And I just knew I was called to full-time ministry. Uh, but my dad said, mm, I think you need a college education. So he cut down some pine trees, uh, took me, uh, got a, you know, went to a little scholarship in Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. And I started to sing music. You know, that's what I wanted to do is travel around the world and sing and just proclaim, you know, who Jesus is. And while I was there for about a year, uh, God said, your vision's too narrow. I want to do more with your life than just music. And a friend of mine taught marketing, and I was going to an early morning prayer meeting with him, praying for the world. And he said, James, why don't you look at marketing? Because I was really struggling trying to learn music at the college level, having nothing, done nothing all my life except sing. And so I switched over my major and got a degree in business. And I got out of college, and I thought everything was going to open up. I've got my degree, and all I heard the Lord say was, wait. Okay, what does that mean? 
uh, I, it's my turn to, to make a living. My dad's finished paying through school. You know, <laughs> it's my turn now. What am I going to do? And God said, hmm, go work over here at this, you know, Opryland Hotel serving tables with your friend Brent. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. Why would I do that? I have a degree in marketing. It's a nice hotel. <laughs> it is. But I'm gonna, how am I going to tell my dad that I'm going to be serving tables with all the other people looking for a job in, a, you know, in Nashville, Tennessee? Right. But I was obedient. I did that, and a group called Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship came around, had a convention there, met one of the directors of that. We became friends. He flew back out uh, six months later and said, you know what? You're supposed to move to California to work for me. And so I did. At the age of 26, I drove cross-country, landed in Southern California. They had reorganized the fellowship, and basically uh, they hired me for a, a nine-month, a, a six-month trial, and uh, nine months later I was in charge of the convention department, the membership department, and um, the chapter department for this incredible ministry that I grew up with as a kid. And that's still around, right? It is. It is. We actually, um, it's international. It's all over the world, but it's now reformed in America as the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship in America. And they had that reformation in uh, Portland, and now they do their annual conventions in Dallas. It's only for men? Well, there's lots of ladies that participate, but membership's only for men. Uh, so it's it's a it's an old model that's got some new blood. They're reaching. So where's the next? Where's generation. the full gospel women's group coming from? <laughs> well, what happened with the 1950s with that when God moved on Dima Shikarian is they uh, another group called uh, Women Aglow started, and that was the group for women. And so that was a business related group for women. It was more. I mean, they took the constitution and the bylaws of full gospel and they just changed the name and created Women's Aglow. And so it's always been a group, but it's not designed, obviously, for businesswomen. And Demas always saw uh, women in the fellowship. I mean, he writes about that in the book, The Happiest People on Earth, telling the story of how God brought his family from Armenia and did this amazing move of you know, creating this little organization called Full Gospel that launched all of this other stuff that we know in, in the world today. Because at the time, when Demas was around, in the 50s, there were about... Probably 75 million Catholic, I mean, uh, Pentecostals on the planet, people that believed in the Holy Spirit, walked in the Holy Spirit. And after this little or- business organization took place, now there's like 750 million, almost, you know, hmm. a billion people that now acknowledge the reality of the Holy Spirit today. Imagine that. And the that, Bible's true. Exactly. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, sarcasm noted, audience. We just want to make sure that you heard that, but you noted it. It just it's, it's unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, read your Bible. It's amazing, the stuff that's in there. James Autry, your connection to the World Changer Network, when you heard about the World Changer Network, how do you see the World Changer Network? What excites you most about it? Well, I came to Hub Nation last year to their conference. So it was a friend of ours, Lance Wall now, was speaking. And the Lord just said, you know, just kind of chill and you know, soak and, you know, just engage. And I really didn't approach James and Anne at that time. And then we had another friend, Deborah Tilden, who was a part of uh, the work that we were doing in Portland, who had been reaching out to Anna. And so she said, you got to talk to this guy named James Autry. And so we had a, a conversation, and I invited him over to one of our new luncheons that we're doing called the Marketplace Coalition Luncheon. And James and Anna came and spoke and shared their vision for World Changer Network with the Portland community and said, hey, I think this is a perfect fit, what you're doing on your side, what we're doing on our side. Let's see how we can collaborate. 
And that's what we've been doing. Survey Neighbors since 1999 has been collaborating leaders, building bridges, doing stuff behind the scenes, and praying in the things that need to happen in our community. That's a critical part of what we do. Serving our neighbors. So <laughs> talk, I mean, give us, I mean, sure. let's just do real terms. What is it on the ground? What's it look like serving our neighbors, this, this ministry you've got? Well, what it looks like is what we've done in the past. And that is um, we helped launch the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest in the Portland metro area. Uh, I ran that as the executive director uh, for a season and got that up and running. We are now working on a new thing uh, called the HAT Initiative, where we're working with the homeless, the addicted, and the traffic, bringing faith and business leaders together to deal with uh, those populations in Mm. our city. Trying to solve some society problems. Exactly. Love that. Uh, One of the things that we did after we closed down the Christian Chamber a couple years ago is that we got behind a friend of mine who was putting on an event called the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum to bring government, business, and faith community together to talk about a disaster before a disaster happens so that they can build the know, like, and trust and be able to work together. And they've always wanted to work with each other. They just don't know how to communicate with each other. So we had about 800 leaders that came to the convention center. No kidding. And it was amazing, amazing trade show with all these exhibitors. And so we brought to the table the business, the, the government and the faith community to what he was doing with the business community. So again, it's, it's um, just leveraging all the relationships that we had. I ran a Christian radio station in Portland for a while Worked with a lot of pastors, worked with a lot of prayer leaders. Then when we started the Christian Chamber, started working with a lot of business leaders. Uh, been to Israel three times. Worked with the Jewish Federation on some Night to Honor Israel so with John Hagee and all his ministry. All these different relationships were now watching God put them like a master puzzle piece, mm-hmm. you know, designed together. How about this use the word tapestry? Yeah, tapestry is another good word. <laughs> And that's it. I mean, it looks kind of gnarly on, on the backside with all these weird situations. But mm-hmm. when you look on what God's doing, it is stunning. It is stunning what's about to happen. And the last three years, we've been leading a weekly prayer group at downtown Portland in the heart of the city for three solid years. Starting in September, we'll be coming up on our third year. And God just said, go f- agree with me with what I want to do in the city. And we call it SWAT, See What Agreement Transforms. And we have a core group, about 25 people that come, but every single week God shows up and we, declare, we release things, we, we talk about things, we pray into things. God's now sending people to our city. We've got a couple from Utah that God sent to our city to prayer walk our city to, for 52 days. They showed up on May 20th and they're going to be there through July the 11th. And they didn't even know all the other stuff that's happening in our city this summer that God's bringing forth. So again, our role is to select and to encourage to to really come alongside church pastors and business leaders and say hey you've got an assignment as a business guy you're called in the marketplace just like a pastor is you know prayer warrior you're very strategic because you're like the neck of the body (laughs) you know (laughs) you know you kind of turn the head of the lord this way and that way and the the mind of christ flows through you as you voice it out through the voice box you know that's the kind of stuff. And so we get downloads on how the body functions, how city transformation takes place. And we just put it to practice and see what happens and what works and what doesn't work. And then sure. once we create a model, we run with it. So, James, you, there's <laughs> so many moving pieces. Yes. And um, it sounds like there's something for all the different area, you know, spheres of influence and stuff. Correct. But if you look at all that together, what do you think is the most important message that the body of Christ is really needing to hear from you right now? Well, again, um, my passion and heart is that I want to hear God say to you when he sees you, well done, 
good and faithful servant. You're here for a purpose. You do have an identity and a destiny. Mm -hmm. You do have a kingdom assignment. Uh, You are on this planet not just to make a living and care for your family and raise kids. Uh, There's so much more in God. Wherever you are, there's always more. And so that's our passion is to awaken that, to give you the training that you need. We've got incredible teaching partners like you mentioned, Nehemiah Project with Patrice Seguet with Biblical Entrepreneurship, uh, Ford Taylor with Transformational Leadership. Uh, we're creating a new curriculum called Transformational Finance that teaches you how to utilize money with Craig Hill and his uh, teachings and trainings, and uh, Oz Hillman for that matter as well. Um, that's there's so much content out there and, and having a system and having a, a course that you can kind of navigate mm-hmm. through that and get the basics and the foundations is, is, fu- is foundational. I mean, it's critical for you to be able to finish your assignment. And we're just the introductory volley. I mean, there's so much more God's going to bring to your table if you just get in well, the right perspective. Yeah, right. I mean, just introducing people to the idea of biblical entrepreneurship, introducing the idea to the, that, that the Bible really has something to say about money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, those are great things. And if you're a business owner or leader, there are tons of Christian roundtable discussion groups that are out there that are designed to help take that to a whole new level and dig deep on a monthly basis. When you look at the call on your life and, and, and the Marketplace Coalition and serving our neighbors, and, and people, you can check out James Autry online, marketplacecoalition.com, marketplacecoalition.com. What is that specific call and how is it serving the body of Christ right now? Because you've sure. mentioned all these different things you've done. Yeah. What's the call right now? The call right now is to raise up leaders and to build bridges. Um, Just in Portland? Very much so in Portland. That's our... Uh, Metron right now, a measure of rule. How many people in live area. in Portland? I mean, how big of a community mm, 2. is it? 2.5 million. Okay. It's, it's the right. 22nd largest city in America. But because of what God has said he wants to do in Portland, I mean, we have major words that have come from major leaders that have come to Portland. There's been major revivals that have happened in Portland. One of the prophetic words uh, that we got from a lady by the name of Cindy Jacobs was that there's going to be a marketplace revival in the Northwest, you know. And Ben's a part of that as well, where we're sure. at today. Um, so it's, it's, uh, there's a new model coming up. That's the other word that we got, is that there's a new model that God's creating that he's going to impact nations with. And so uh, we're in a place of transition. Uh, to answer your question very specifically, I don't know. I'm kind of waiting to see. Uh, when we had the Christian Chamber up and running for about nine years, uh, I kind of felt like that we were making some progress, but then the Lord said, I want you to shut that down and create a new model. We're in this cocoon-type period where everything's kind of up in the air. And what I'm sensing— This new model is the Marketplace is the Coalition. Marketplace Coalition, exactly. That's what we articulated on our website. We've had a couple of uh, uh, luncheons in Portland to articulate what that looks, what we think that looks like. It's going to be simply not a chamber of commerce that has all these bells and whistles and memberships and all this kind of stuff. It's going to be a simple luncheon. A lot of cities are doing this already. That's what I love about God is he doesn't— wait for just one city to do it, and then he replicates it. He does it everywhere right. in whole different mm-hmm. ways with what's perfectly fit for that city. All over the country. All Quarterly the country. basis, meetings like that it happen is crazy. all the time. So having a monthly luncheon that has a core content, and then out of that, having a, a group, small groups that meet within 48 hours as a huddle, and then two weeks later as a huddle, and those huddles push each other, all those people in that huddle push each other to excellence, and then come back with a you know, quarterly forum and an annual marketplace summit that we used to do. 
uh, when we brought all the marketplace ministries together that were in town and did one big event. That's when Lance Wallnow came and spoke, Oz Hillman came and spoke, and so forth. And so I think that's what the model's going to look like in some way. It was a simple monthly luncheon to engage people, then get them to go deep with that content, and then flesh that out oh, two weeks later, and then the next luncheon will feature someone else. And so, and your marketplace mm-hmm. coalitions for any business owners, leaders, anybody involved in the marketplace? It can be. Men, women, doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Okay. Totally. That's the beauty of it is that when we had the Christian Chamber, um, uh, we weren't reaching millennials. We weren't reaching people in different ethnic groups or high-end CEOs. They all love what we were doing. They just never connected to our membership model or our meeting structure. And so with this, you could have a huddle of just a bunch of bank CEOs or another huddle of just a bunch of ministries or college presidents, you know, Christian colleges or a huddle of Hispanics, you know, car dealers, you know, Mm. uh, they are, it's like a peer group huddle, mastermind cohort that they will take the broad content of the luncheon and then drill it down into how can they apply God's word that they had heard at the luncheon from an incredible speaker into their life. And then two weeks later, what do they need to work on? What do they need to t- come back with and be accountable for at the next uh, huddle group? And then did they get that accomplished? The, oh. When we test modeled this group in 2008, we got more done in three months than we did two years with these guys. I mean, so if, so if somebody listening today is listening in Kansas City, or maybe they're listening in Belfast, Ireland, because we have some new listeners in Belfast, Sweet. Ireland, this is something that is going on that you can, that you can help them reproduce this. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, the model is very simple. It's just to do a monthly luncheon and then pull people together into small groups, into huddles. Uh, We haven't officially turned all that on yet because we've got two major events that are taking place in our city. But you said you test drove this in 2008. Right, the guy that developed... You know that was 10 years ago. It was. Okay. Uh, God's timing, not yours, right? (laughs) Randy Kinnison, who's featured on the website, one of the videos at the bottom of the page, he created this model, and he's a former pastor. He loves working with guys. He saw this happening. Uh, put this together, put together the accountability structure. And basically he test modeled it in 2008 with another friend. And then the economy crashed and that friend had to go get a different job because Mm -hmm. basically, you know, he was engaged and speaking and coaching and and wasn't able to continue. And Randy today says, if the economy hadn't crashed, I'd be doing this full time. This would be my business. But now he has a company called Genesis Mediation. And so with that test model, he said the guys got more done in, five, in three months than they did two years because of the way he had structured it. And because he did a lot of research, as to mastermind groups, cohorts, uh, all these different pieces, and he's a researcher, kind of uh, designer, and put together this model. And so we said, I think we're going to incorporate that into the Marketplace Coalition because you, you, we go to conferences, we hear all this great content. Even with Patrice, with Nehemiah Project, with Biblical Entrepreneurship, you go through the training, but now you've got to have somebody come alongside, a right. coach. You've got to have somebody step. work it out, and that takes time. It takes a process. You just can't get it. I mean, when Ford Taylor was speaking one time at Transformational Leadership, the Lord said to me, I've hidden understanding behind obedience. And I said, whoa, now I get it. That's the Jewish culture is that God says, if you'll do what I say, then you'll get it, you'll understand it, versus the Greek mindset. You know, that's what Lance Wall now talks about all the time. You've got this Greek culture that's all the pursuit of knowledge and knowledge and knowledge, and that puffs up. But the Hebraic mindset, the sons of Zion, they are doers, and in the doing, you know, and in the doing, you understand. And that's what God says. Just do this simple act of obedience. Listen to what I pray, you know, pray, listen to what I say, and then do what I say. And then boom, 
he'll give the next piece, the next piece, the next so piece. So say that again. I've hidden. I've hidden understanding behind obedience. Okay. All right. So Marketplace Coalition, <laughs> let's lay it out for people and then I get another big question sure. for you. So the Marketplace Coalition, you have a monthly luncheon. Simple luncheon. And then a couple weeks later, you have drill down sessions. You have, you have breakout groups all over mm-hmm. the city. Are they all, all the time um, broken out by different parts of the economy or are they, I mean, just, I mean, how, how are those groups defined? Right. Those groups are peer groups, okay. like I said so earlier. Peer groups. So okay. basically there are five people in a group. Uh, they pay as a business person to be in that group, as a nonprofit to be in that group. And then we have a trained facilitated coach who actually facilitates the two uh, 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 huddle groups. So we have one within 48 hours on a Zoom call, and then we have another one that takes place two weeks later. The Zoom call right after the luncheon drives that content of the luncheon into the group so they can talk about how they can apply it over the next two weeks. And then they meet two weeks later and say, how did you do? What, how's it going? And then is there a particular issue that we can kind of address and talk about? And, and how long are those huddle meetings? Uh, they're an hour. Okay. Very so the, simple. The, the one right after the meeting then on, on yep. Zoom, that's an hour. And that's then the, an hour. the one a couple weeks later is exactly. also an hour. Okay. And there's a lot of other dialogue and re-engagement that will take place well, with sure, those you're, five you're, people. You're Developing sure. relationships with all those people in your huddle. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. I, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right. So what would you, you know, based on your observations of the marketplace, based yes. on your observations of people living out their faith in their work, because you've played in a lot of pieces of the world that we, that we broadcast about all day long. Mm-hmm. What would you say the body of Christ needs most right now? Well, uh, a vital, engaging relationship with the Holy Spirit. And what I just mentioned, simple obedience. Um, God's got a plan. It's way beyond what we can understand or comprehend, and his ways are much higher than ours. What he needs us to do is to show up for work every day (laughs) and to do our part and to do what he's trained us to do. And so that takes just simply engaging with the Holy Spirit on a consistent basis where you are asking the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life every day, That's how Jesus and Father is manifesting himself on the earth today is through the Holy Spirit. And in that relationship, do what he says for that day and watch him develop and unpack and bring you to a place. If he says, go through this training, go through the training. If he says, speak to this person who's giving you coffee, speak to that person. Radical obedience, real simple radical obedience because um, we're losing the battle right now Mm. in our culture. Um, oh, my friend, we lost the battle <laughs> in our culture. Wow. But, but the war's already been won. It is. But the, we've lost, some, we've we've lost, lost the many, major, many battles. Yeah, that's yes. right. Exactly. Yes. And so it, it, for us to turn this around, which I believe God is doing in many, many ways. All over the country. All over the country is for people to be obedient and to uh, just do what he says today. Mm-hmm. And if we will trust him to be the one in charge and not us, and him to be uh, the general contractor, so to say, for the project, and we're all his subs— well, watch that when we're working on or something, there's somebody else beside us who has the other piece that we need. Mm-hmm. And then boom, 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 and it just unfolds, and we'll see this incredible work. That's what we're experiencing in Portland. We've been seeing and laying this fertile ground and building this community, and then God puts upon a heart of Franklin Graham to come and do a rally on August the 5th. And then he lays upon the heart of Chris Overstreet and Bill Johnson and Reinhardt Bonnke and Todd White and all these amazing to do an event in September, you know, to bring in this awakening. And it's like... How could these two incredibly gifted, articulate evangelists on both sides of the spectrum decide to come to Portland within six weeks of each other? And how are they going to partner together and, and collaborate and see 
an outpouring of, of God take place in Portland. And, and that's what we've been preparing for. That's awesome. So <laughs> I think I know the answer to this question. Sure. But how specifically is has God called you to help solve, you know, bring this need to a place of, you know, where it's sure. being solved? Well, for me, I have always been a connector. Uh, I've always said I'm like a big fat bumblebee that just buzzes around and and cross-pollinates because if you don't have bees, you don't have fruit. Mm -hmm. You just have a bunch of pretty flowers that die. And so that's been my role is to uh, be sensitive to where God sends me. And I've gone all over the town and all over the country for that matter and just connect to the people God puts in front of me and then watch him bring that relationship back up or or talk to somebody and say, oh, you need to talk to this person and do that cross-pollination. And that's been my role personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the people that I work with are, we're, we're needing more people like that to happen and to engage with that. But again, I think my passion has always been to help other people find their assignments and to find their callings, uh, to understand their gifts and their strengths and all that kind of stuff. And so it's important that we not only uh, see and pray for major revival to come to our country, but we've also got to be a part of the reformation process. We also got to train. We also got to do our part of, of, of learning how God set things up, and then we get transformation. So it's revival plus reformation it equals transformation. How are you seeing that in action in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon? As you've been working, you've been in Portland how many years? 22 years now. 22 years, <laughs> and, and the Lord's been working in lots of different corners all over the the. The, the city. And, and Portland, Oregon is, uh, I mean, how diverse is Portland, Oregon? Oh, goodness. Uh, there are 88 languages spoken in Rockwood, a uh, neighborhood in between Gresham and Portland. Uh, it's a, it's 88? 88 different languages. My son just graduated from David Douglas High School. In his school, there were over 70 uh, kids from 72 countries. And seventy-eight languages. So it's fairly wow. diverse, but you know, well, well, <laughs> wow. So you've got so you've got urban issues in Portland, Oregon. Yes. You got suburban issues in Portland, yes. Oregon, and, and you got money issues in Portland, Oregon. Sure. You got all the same issues that there are in major metropolitan areas across all the country. The How's the church solving the problems? Well, the church is serving. Uh, there's been an initiative um, f- of prayer for many, many years, and then Kevin Palau uh, revamped their Luis Palau Association to precede the festivals that they were doing. They changed them from crusade to festivals to a service model before the festival took place. And this was also in 2008. And during that year, we had over 27,000 Christians through 300 service projects coordinated by local pastors with the pastors of particularly like Gresham or Beaverton would go into the mayor's office and say, hey, we're going to do a season of service this summer. Uh, how can we serve you? And they mm. said, what? You're here to help us and not to ask for money? He said, yeah. And that was an amazing time of service that took place. And then we had the festival. Well, we had an openly gay mayor, uh, mayor in Portland, uh, Sam Adams, who uh, at the festival said, this is the largest volunteer effort Portland has ever seen. I can't wait for next year. And the plow team says, what did he just say? We weren't planning on next year. (laughs) (laughs) And it became an annual event. And now it's called City Serve. Mm. And that's what they've been doing. They've been targeting uh, homeless issues. Uh, There's an initiative that came out of a local church called Omago Day. Uh, that actually a, a, a lady built this little you know, care box for foster kids and had ch- other church members do that. And that developed a relationship with the DHS, the Department of Human Services, where they were bringing these uh, boxes for kids that were waiting to be placed in foster care. And they looked around and they said, oh my gosh, this place looks terrible. Can we remodel your building? 
And all of a sudden, this entire work of all the Department of Human Services offices throughout the entire city of Portland were remodeled at the church's expense, and all these thousands and thousands and thousands of care boxes have now been prepared. My church, a little church in Portland, Crossroads, actually does that for, for Christmas. You know, we get all these uh. care boxes together so that these thousands of kids that are waiting to be placed uh, in, a hot, in a foster care situation yeah. feel comfortable. The room looks great. They're, you know, at a place where they are, uh, it's amazing. And has the church gotten involved <laughs> in the foster care system? They I, have. I know in a lot of parts of the country that the church has finally said, hey, yes, those kids need yes. families. We should get them in our families. Exactly. They have. There's a crying need for that, and they do a, fo- a, uh, a night out for parents who are foster care parents mm-hmm. already where the church will actually host it in their gym and have all the kids come and the parents take off. And then, and then they also are adopting kids. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's a small beginning, but I think it's going to intensify. It's, there's now a, a statewide movement called Embrace Oregon that you can look, look up and be able to see that this thing is, is happening around the country. And that church partnership, a school partnership network. We've got uh, pastors meeting with principals of schools and developing that uh, all over the city of Portland. It, it's another whole amazing story. <laughs> but that's what we're here to hear. We're here to hear those amazing stories. We want you to check out James Autry online at marketplacecoalition.com. Marketplacecoalition.com. So when are you going to launch that again here in Portland? It is in the process of... Come uh, give me a date. Yeah, we're at this fall of 2018. Let's do it. Winter th- let's, let's do it. it. Fine. <laughs> fall of 2018. Because we want to know, because when it's launched, then I want to check back with you 90 days later, hear sure. about the results, because then we want to start figuring out how do we stamp out that across the country and start to multiply that. That would be a Because that's what needs to happen. And there's other organizations that are doing those monthly (laughs) luncheons we can help coordinate with. James Autry is planted in Portland, Oregon, a a place that isn't necessarily known for being a radical Jesus-centered city. It's not, but it was. In 1905, there was a major revival that took place that shut down the city. And in 2005, we had some business guys who said, oh my gosh, it's been 100 years. We got to do something. And we felt like we need to book a room at the convention center. And we thought that maybe 500 people might show up. And let's pray for all the spheres of influence. And as we were beginning to plan that, and I was promoting it on the radio station through my email blast and stuff like that, we had 2,700 people that showed up. 2,500. A third of them were business people, a third were students, and a third were pastors. And it was a 90-minute prayer time, and it was just electric. I mean, it was so amazing. This was in 2005. And out of that, then God moved a lady from Las Vegas with her husband. She got saved, then got the download to start this thing called the Christian Chamber of Commerce. And then we started serving our neighbors and incorporated it, even though it was just a small committee of pastors and leaders. And God said, I need you to set this up because I'm going to give you some money. And I said, okay, I'll set it up. (laughs) And so he gave us our first gift and then our second gift. And uh, there's this just this movement of stuff that's Mm -hmm. happening. And it started with prayer. It started with the engagement of people crying out, saying, God, do it again. Do what you did again. And so there is a there's a core community there. Uh, The pastor's prayer summits have been going on for quite a while. I mentioned earlier that Kevin Palau did a festival in 2008. Well, in 2007, he had Jim Harrington from Houston, Texas come out with Mission Houston to talk at a prayer conference that we were doing. And he said, you know what your, your reputation in Portland is? Y'all got stuck in the prayer movement. <laughs> and said, y'all don't do anything but pray. 
you know, because the mm-hmm. pastor's prayer summits came out of the Northwest. I'm thinking that was a huge compliment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. And he said that again at the conference uh, outside of this private meeting. And the second time I heard it, the Lord said to me, and I saw in my mind's eye, this pullback like a bow and arrow, it's a purposeful stuck, meaning I'm mm. holding you back. And so I didn't think of it. I shared it with Kevin Palau and I said, this is what I'm hearing. God said, he's, he's in this. This is why we have an advanced beyond prayer for these 20 years that y'all been praying with the pastor's prayer summit. So I, and I sat down at my table and I was a, with a group of people from Spokane. And they said, did, y'all, did you ever hear this word? Because I shared the word with them that I got, the picture that I got, that the Northwest was like a bow and arrow. And mm-hmm. that the bow was, went from Vancouver, B.C., through Seattle to Portland, down through Medford and uh, you know, Eugene, and then down into Reading. And the fulcrum of the bow was Portland, but the pullback of the arrow was to Spokane. And I said, no. Well, this is a word that it came out years ago. And so when John G. Lake was in Portland back in the early, early 1900s, he left and went to South Africa to do his ministry. And then he based his uh, healing ministry in Spokane, Washington. It was the healthiest city in America. Hmm. Major, major work of the kingdom was taking place. And the Lord started a lot of that in the Northwest. And, and so when, I, when they shared that with me, I said, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So what God's about to do throughout the whole Northwest, he's going to release from Spokane. And the same week that we've got a conference going on with Chris Overstreet in Portland, there's a, a uh, International Healing Rooms, the legacy of John G. Lake, has a major conference in Spokane. And so we believe that what God's about to pour out, what we've been hearing in, in by, with the intercessors is there's a tsunami coming. There's a tsunami coming. That word just keeps coming up. There's a tsunami coming. What you're about to see is just going to blow your way. And so that pullback, when that releases, it's going to go right through Portland out to the nations. And so that's what we're preparing oh, so for. So the arrow's going east. It's not going south. What? what? It's going to go out to the nations okay, all, all right. over the world. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's know going that. out. It's about California. It might hit a mountain. Is that what you're hearing? It'll bounce off <laughs> Hawaii and come back. No, I was more concerned about California. So no. the exciting thing yes. is for people to hear, James Autry, that we um, that God is does move is. in the Northwest. He is moving. And that is a, a story that we are happy to share with all of our listeners and abroad. So James Autry, James Jim, we've been here talking with him, um, compliments of World Changer Network. We've been able to have this conversation and just talk about what the Lord is doing in Portland, Oregon through um, the Marketplace Coalition and it, it specifically. But what if um, you were one of God's generals and you have this large unified force that's ready of believers, that's ready to move at your command? What is it that you would have them do? right now hmm fascinating question mm-hmm. if i was a general what would i have them do well i'd first of all get my orders from <laughs> the commander chief amen okay <laughs> that's uh, good and so that's the key again like i was saying earlier um we're we're just generals we're just captains we're just uh guys who have our particular assignments and he's the one that's running the show and the reason why that is shifted and if you ever want to understand church history uh, author Burke with Plumline Ministries or Sapphire Leadership Group did an amazing study uh, on church history and how it developed from you know the very beginning to where we are today and what God's doing in this season. But 
right now, everything has shifted out of what we just came out of the last hundred years of being in the, quote, ruler season, and I don't have time to unpack that, to what we call now the mercy season. And the mercy season is where the Lord is in charge of the harvest. The Lord is now orchestrating things, and he's doing things at a much higher level, uh, but he's also coming, having us come alongside as sons and having us come alongside with our giftings and callings and what that comes to bear. All right, we got to make this, we got to, we got to take mm-hmm. that and make it practical for everybody listening. Cause the people mm-hmm. listening today are sitting in workplaces across the country, <laughs> lots of different workplaces. Give them an encouraging word. What I mean, speak to them, help them understand the significance yes. of, of what God's having you work through. Everything you've been going through right now in the past and in the future has a design and a purpose to it. If you'll cooperate with the process God is about to unleash you into the fullness of your assignment. If you continue to press into him, continue to seek him, continue to ask him for that daily word, that daily assignment, because there's this master plan. I mean, the Jesus is coming back for his reward. He's the king of kings, and he's coming back for the nations. You know, Lance Wall now talks about that, not just sheep nations and goat nations, but he's coming back not just for individuals. He's coming back for entire systems of government entire cultures, ethnic groups, uh, industries. Uh, that word nations is way beyond what we understand as a political entity. Uh, he's coming back for his reward. And the crown that he's wearing is a crown that is made up of those nations and those right. people. And he's going to rule and reign on this planet for a thousand years. How that works out, how that fits in with eschatology, whatever you believe, I don't know. I just know that he's coming back. And he's going to have an incredible reward because he paid for it. And we have a part to play in bringing that to the table and being a part of that. I'm not ready to go anywhere. You know, we are all dying to go to heaven, but uh, heaven's coming here. God's about to set up something that is going to be incredible. And the enemy's going to fight it like crazy. He's going to resist it. He's going to, you know, put up roadblocks and all kinds of stuff. And we'll see the book of Revelations played out in the dynamic that, that John saw it when he wrote it. Uh, but I'm not going to second guess that it's going to be this way or that way. I'm just going to show up for work every day, find out what my assignment is and how I can be a part of it, and then sit back and say, thank you, Papa. I had a, mm-hmm. I had a part to play. And if people are saying, well, I'm not sure who I am in sure. Christ. I'm not sure what my like who God created me to be and what my assignment might be. And where do they go to find out? What, how do they figure sure. that out? Yeah. Well, ask the Lord, first of all, pray, and then he will lead you to these incredible teachings and trainings that we have, like Identity and Destiny, uh, like the Identity Project that we promote through our uh, local ministry in Portland. All these different, uh, there are amazing uh, curriculum that God's been creating over the last 10, 15 years that has a kingdom mindset, that has an understanding of what, you know, uh, the this, this, this season that we're in right now and how all the gifts and all the callings and everything is coming to a fullness. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, one of the things that um, I just was reminded of is that on your website, you actually list some of the resources you're sending people to. You're sure. encouraging them um, because you, you know, we love collaborators. Yes. And you really speak to the fact that you're a collaborator. So what are some of those things really quick that they'll sure. find on your website? Well, uh, the Identity Project is one of those. Uh, it's a course. It's a 13-week course that teaches you, gives you a kingdom mindset. 
uh, created by George Ledoux. Very simple video and work, work, workbook. Then we have Patrice Saguet with his Nehemiah Project with Biblical Entrepreneurship and his coursework that really teaches you how to run a business or ministry biblically. And then we have Ford Taylor with Transformational Leadership. He's a great partner and friend. He's going to be doing a luncheon for us uh, next month in the Portland area and, and really teaches you how to work with groups and how to work with uh, relationships and work out differences. And then we're creating a new curriculum called Transformational Finance. That'll be up this summer. And you can find out more through MarketplaceCoalition.com, MarketplaceCoalition.com. James Autry, thanks for being on I Work for him this afternoon. My pleasure. A lot of fun. A lot of, lots of great stuff going on here in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, there is, and that's very encouraging. So thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> You've been listening to I Work for him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.